how the fridge turned on just as we began. <laughs> I know. Perfect timing. Always, right? <laughs> <laughs> welcome everyone and welcome to another episode of JNL Watches. I'm Jess Leah. And I'm Josh Prime. And today we're watching Lock and Key, uh, Season 1, Episode 3, Head Games. Indeed. In this episode, we discover that the head key allows you to enter your own brain Ooh. where you encounter a stylized version of... A concept of thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can revisit old memories and even find personified versions of your emotions. Yes. In other news, Kinsey murders her own fear, burying it in the woods somewhere. She does indeed. Blows off one T, who is canonically one T'd, uh, we know now. Yeah, confirmed. Check. Confirmed in this episode. <laughs> and Bodhi discovers yet another key. That allows you to turn into a ghost where he meets his ghostly great-great-grandfather. And Tyler punches somebody. Who deserved it, by the way. Yeah, that dude was an asshole. Mm, Nonsense. Whatever. Who would you like to play as this week? Ooh, I would like to be... I'm gonna go with Tyler. Tyler. Okay. I'm gonna go with Kinsey. Why not? Nice. I am mad about this episode because it doesn't feature nearly enough of Echo. It's true. We only have, like, maybe, like, two frames with her. Yeah. She's in the brief moment at the end. Yeah. And she goes to the... She does kill that child. Oh, (laughs) yeah. There is a future death. Don't you worry. She she does murder a child. So that, (laughs) that is a thing. I guess she's in it a little bit. Yeah. She's just not the main storyline this week. It's, yeah. It's this fun. hope for next week, we shall There think. is indeed. So we hear, uh, we're going into Bodhi's memories, and he's getting a bedtime story from his father about a sea monster and treasure, and we hear this story three different times, and it is slightly different each time, and the version that he told his oldest son, Tyler, is dark AF. It's true. I kind of wish we heard more about what he tells Bodhi before he, Bodhi falls asleep and we don't finish it. Because then I feel like we would have a good comparison between all three versions. And really, to me, the opening sounds a little bit the same. Yeah. Um, I think it's really just between Kinsey and Tyler who have the different... Yeah. In Kinsey's version, all of the people are eaten by a giant sea monster. And later, the sea monster like pukes them all up and they're all alive and perfectly fine. Yeah. And in Tyler's version, they're all dead. And the sea monster purposely killed them all to leave the man alone with his thoughts on an island forever. Yep. Which is pretty dark and have a good night, kid. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Wilson with the, his name wasn't Wilson, but like Castaway with like. The guy who worshipped the football Wilson or the yeah, volleyball yeah, yeah. Wilson. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. I do kind of wish that they had done a little bit more like different face or different makeup on Randall Locke. Because, theoretically, he told this story to Bodhi recently enough that Bodhi looks the same. Yeah. And then he told it to a child, Kinsey, which would have been way earlier. And then, who knows when he told it to Tyler. Yep, but all the Rendells look the same, no matter what period of time we're in. Yeah, they all look identical. It's a whole thing. So, okay, you are entering your brain. You have the head key, I do. I do. What does your brain look like? Ooh, well, my assumption is... I'd probably be on some sort of, like, island with a lot of water situation. (laughs) And probably a lot of my memories or, like, things in my head would probably be found somewhere either on the actual island or underwater, just depending on what it is. (laughs) And what's the door, the the pathway to get to your island? Because Kinsey has a revolving mall door. He has a toy box. Oh, probably a sailboat. Like so you gotta, like, get on a boat and sail to your memories. Yeah. You're making it difficult for people. I am. If you had to kill your fear, that would have been a rough trip back. <laughs> 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 
Listen, if you want to enter my brain, you gotta you gotta work for it. I would like to think of my brain as being uh, behind some sort of secret passage or a large, like, safe door. Because be I ain't trying to let people up in my brain. Yeah, see? I keep that pretty under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. Locked and key. <laughs> yeah. And you're you're keeping yours in a but and surrounded by a moat. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well also I just really like water and like sunshine. What and... a weirdo. What a hot take. I yeah. love sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There could be like a cool like swim up bar at this island for just me. I'd be okay sure. with that. <laughs> oh totally, makes sense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Well, so the gang is deciding who's going to hold the keys, and obviously Bodhi is left without any keys. I mean, he's also, like, what, six? He's t- he's not being taken very seriously. He's the only one to find a key, and he's always the first one willing to try it. It's true. I mean, he, I feel like, is still at that age where you're fearless, so... I'm still at that age. Yeah. <laughs> Just play with everything. So, apparently, despite the fact that, theoretically, Echo has been gone since Rendell was a child, right? Yeah. We don't know that for certain, but theoretically, had had Echo been around earlier, probably would have been hunting for the keys before now, right? Yeah. So how is it she knows how to use a computer, first of all? That's she true. gets a computer, she finds out where Chest Fire Guy was, apparently his name is Mike, and she uses it to go to his house, which is now burnt to a cinder, and this is where she finds three boys who have found the fire or flame or whatever we're calling that key, and she steals it from the one boy and throws him under a subway car. Yeah, it's a little violent. He definitely dies. Like, yeah. there's absolutely no way that kid survived. Oh, yeah. Or even if he survived, where is he? Yeah. Like, New York? No, no, no notice about where the subway is it could be many many it could be in paris it could be in italy again but next to the same dead guy she strangled last time also lucky for her that these three random kids one of which who had the key just happens to show up at this exact moment well it seems like they might be coming back regularly to investigate this since they did find a key that you know starts fires yeah, but like, how do you test that out? Like, you just drag it, it? Well, it seems like he stabbed himself in the chest and burst into flames. So something about the tip of the key makes fire. Yep. Yeah, I love the fact that she says, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. She's got such a childlike innocence that allows her to get boys to pay attention and like listen to her. Oh, yeah. She tricked Bodhi this way. She tricks him this way. Bodhi shouldn't, you know, murder immediately. But this boy, he's dead. Uh, that is very true. I also like that both of these keys are gold because some of the other keys are more like blackish. Yeah, like computer. I, I also appreciate that she goes to grab the, the chain on his neck and rather than him try to protect it or do anything, he says, you'd show me yours. Like what? Yeah. Also, in TV and movies, whenever somebody wants to remove a necklace, they just yank down. Have you ever tried to remove a necklace that way? You have to yank fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, that like, shit's not coming off. Mm-mm. No, those things are terrible to pull off. And, you know, you the kid, the kid didn't even, like, his head didn't even move down. If I grabbed you by the necklace and yanked it down, you'd, like, lurch forward. Yep. And I get that that one was made out of string, but, like, even still. It looked like, like, leather cord on yeah. top of everything else. Looked pretty serious. Yeah, so pretty hard. Friends, so Scott with one T has purchased tickets as a thank you to Kinsey for being in their movie, which probably they're not going to use any of her stuff, but yeah. that's never here to know there. Let me thank you for not helping yeah. at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's very sweet, and he got her... Tickets to see a cover band. I'm assuming that she likes this band. I'm going to assume that Zulu is going to tell us all about Band of Horses. Yeah, please do. Are they real? <laughs> That's really Are question. they real? That's all the information we yeah. really need. But whatever you got would be helpful. <laughs> 
I'm upset because Kenzie, like, in this conversation with Scott with one T, like, this is, like, very sweet. And, like, she kind of just, like, brushes it off as no big deal. But, like, you can tell that he's, like, super excited and, like, just wants to spend time with her. I mean, that's been pretty clear from the get-go. He's into her. I know. And Kinsey, I really hate you right now. I, okay, so truthfully, I I went to an all-boys school. Sure. I'm a gay man, so I didn't get a lot of heterosexual dating rituals Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. But I feel like most teenage boys are not this forthright with their feelings. This is true. And I would like to say I never was a Kinsey, but I definitely was as a youth. (laughs) What do you mean, like blew off a date? Yeah, one time I had a date literally show up at my door to like take me out and I wouldn't go with them. <laughs> Why not? Did you, had you agreed that you were going to go and then you backed out? Like what happened? I kind of was like, eh, maybe we shouldn't do this, but the person never got the text message and then they showed up at my house and I was like, I'm still not going. <laughs> I sent you a text. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. see that could have been the father of your hundreds of fat children. It could have been. Luckily that person is now happily married and... I feel less skilled. Do they have hundreds of fat children? Uh, I don't think they've had any children yet, but there's still time. They're on their way. Yeah. They could. Mm-hmm. Any moment now. It's true. I feel like one of the people that I went to grad school with has had a child recently, and I feel like nobody that I went to grad school with, aside from this one individual, has had a child. Oh, really? Yeah. And... <laughs> Most of the people that I know now don't have and don't seem to be planning to have any children. So I'm just like, maybe that's not going to be a thing in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I just won't have to deal with that. Yeah. Consider yourself lucky. I feel like there are more and more of my friends spawning and the numbers of us who aren't are dwindling yeah it's it's scary times oh yes let's talk about this way to make friends you Mm -hmm. sit near a group of people and then when they aren't looking you inch closer yeah that (laughs) (laughs) kinsey get it together of course the girl who is overly nice and is clearly meant to be tyler's love interest yeah invites her to come sit with them because she's just mother Teresa, always good always perfect she is so fucking boring i really hate her yeah (laughs) i find her just obtrusive and annoying. Yeah. There's something to be said about, I mean, I get the whole, like, be nice and considerate, but also have some sort of interesting quality about you. Yeah. She doesn't, she, I think the problem I have with her is, like, all we know about her is she has righteous anger at Tyler, she's overly nice to Kinsey, and she organized 5Ks. Yeah. So, like, that's all I know about her. Mm. And, like, none of those things make me want to know her more. Yeah. <laughs> like... That's I've never, I've never met a 5K organizer that I've been like, yes, let's be best friends. You've probably organized a 5K <laughs> or two. Did. Yeah. And know that when I was signing up, I was doing under duress. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I would never sign up for a 5K. <laughs> they could be giving out gold bars and blowjobs at the end, not doing it. <laughs> That's also fair. Yeah. You organized five Ks for what? Once for a work conference oh. that you attended. Oh, that's right. But that's different. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's different. That's not like you are a high school student who's like, five Ks, what yeah. a great way to be engaged. Yeah. No. <laughs> also true. That was your, that was your like, we need an activity for these people. We'll do a 5K. Yeah. That was not the same thing, just Leah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, oh. and that was pretty easy. 
Just like, here's your route, go do it, don't complain. Don't complain. We just, mostly we're just happy you're not here right now. Yeah. Go run. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler beats the fuck out of some dude. Yeah, who was hitting on Kinsey after the hockey game. And then he has like this weird flashback to the kid that killed his father. And the whole idea is that he's supposedly got all this anger. Mm-hmm. But like, is he? Like, it just doesn't seem like he's had a lot of anger. Like, we've seen no anger to this point. Yeah. He just gets high a lot. Yeah. People who get high a lot don't tend to start fights. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I feel like that's <laughs> an accurate depiction because... I don't feel like high people are, like, really committed to any cause. No. <laughs> Maybe laughter? Yeah. But like, who's that a thing? Remaining seated? Cheetos. Yeah. And opinions on same. Like, yeah. I just don't think <laughs> that he makes sense as, like, an angry teen. No. We do get a nice talk with the 11th year dean slash English teacher again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's having a good time. Yeah, we kind of do this flashback to Tyler waiting outside the guidance office to see his father for breaking curfew by 15 minutes. And they're having a whole, perhaps, heart-to-heart about Sam. And he says to this boy that he's sitting with, they get into a conversation and, he's, and the other boy says, I want to kill my father. And he goes, well, if you ever kill your dad, take care of mine too and leaves. Which, of course, this is the boy that kills his father, so yeah. that's... He feels a little bit of guilt about that. Yeah. But more importantly, you get in trouble for breaking curfew, mm-hmm. which I didn't have a curfew, so I don't understand. Yeah, but I didn't either. You get in trouble for breaking curfew. Your father decides that the best time to yell at you is while you're at school, while he's working. I feel like his time should be with the students that he doesn't have literally every moment of his day parenting. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't be doing your parenting during work hours. Yeah. Just saying. I have a lot of judgment about Rendell and his ability to be a guidance counselor. (laughs) I mean, I don't think he was a particularly good one. Anyway, here comes our friend who has no legs again. I love this dude. Yeah. My favorite is that he's like, you shouldn't let anger destroy you. I know. And then he goes, what's with the shorts, man? He goes, do my legs look cold? (laughs) Great, great line. Yeah, I'm sad that I don't remember his like character's name, but he is is great. Yeah, I do feel like he is slightly tokenized because he is he has no real storyline of his own. He's no. just meant to provide wisdom and like get Tyler out of a jam over and over again. Yeah. So he's definitely like the tokenized handicapped person. And yeah. the fact that he doesn't seem to have any other friends or any other inter- like not great, but I do love him just the same. Yeah. <laughs> And who knows, maybe in season two, he will have more of a presence as a main character. He could be, I mean, he, I think he's been very popular, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know life. It's true. I haven't really discussed lock and key with many a folk, but. But we are now. Yeah. What do you think of this gentleman? Do you think he's cool? We think he's cool. Yeah. He's here to stay. If we remember his name, I can play him in a future week as a character. It's true. Yeah. I don't know his name. I like him though. Me too. But then again, I don't know most of the people's names. Truth. Every episode of the start, I have to go, Tyler, Kinsey, Bodie. Tyler, Kinsey, Bodie. Because <laughs> it's just the whiny blonde girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, all these kids are kind of, they kind of suck. I mean, they're fine, but. I think they are, the problem I have with this is it doesn't feel like there's a cohesive lead. Yeah. And not that I, th- I think that you can run a show without having a cohesive lead, but I think about Buffy. She is the center point of the show and she's flawed, but she's flawed in a way where you're like, 
yeah, I get it. Like, I like her, whatever. These kids, they're flawed in a way that I get it, but I don't like it. I don't like that Kinsey is blowing off one T. I don't <sighs> like that Tyler is picking fights with fucking strangers and being a little pulp. Like, it just doesn't, the characters are a little bit, they feel like they should be secondary characters. Yeah. Like, if we were watching Buffy again, yeah. Willow is allowed to make these kinds of mistakes because she's not the main character. And so you go like, oh, Willow's going to learn a lesson, da, da, da. But when you don't have a main character, when you don't have a focus point, you're just left with like, well, who do I like? Everybody's kind of jerky. Like... <laughs> What do I do? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that the the Locke children have enough humor mm -hmm. for me to really get into them. I think what I love about this show is the mystery of the keys and Echo. Yeah. <laughs> That's really where it's at. Yeah. We're going into Kinsey's brain, which is we, a huge mall. We are. Yeah. And we have this fun revolving door entry, which is cool. I feel like... So you don't like revolving doors? No, they gotta go. They gotta go. What is the problem with revolving doors? They are so not practical. Like, I just want to go into a space. Like, I don't want to, like, spend five minutes trying to, like, walk around this awkward... Well, I don't, I don't claim to know for certain, but I think that the point of revolving doors is that you don't lose heat because the door is closed all the time. So I think there actually is a purpose, mm -hmm. but I don't really see a lot of them anymore. So I feel like we might've moved beyond them as a society. Yeah. I've seen them perhaps most recently at like hotels. Yeah. Or maybe a casino. Ikea has one. Not oh, this Ikea, but yeah, yeah, Ikea's yeah. in theory do have them. Yeah. They're not my favorite. I'd rather just have a nice sliding door that opens automatically for me because That's I don't want to touch a door. So. Oh yeah. I like the ones that are always rotating and you just have to walk and yeah. just do your thing. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I haven't been around them enough to have developed strong opinions about revolving doors. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I also just get anxiety about entering at the right moment. It's kind of like hopscotch. Like, I don't like that game. Or double dutch. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that game because I don't know how to, like, not get hit by the rope. <laughs> yeah, that's not hopscotch, but oh. sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump rope. Jump Jump rope. rope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Double dutch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hopscotch, you just do it, whatever you want. Like, there's no rules. What are you talking about? I'm glad that you still knew what I was talking about, despite my lack of memory of that term. It's true. So I love that the dad memory bank is this rainbow candy crazy place, and mm -hmm. the flooring is just so cool. They've painted optical illusions on the floors. It's really neat. Also, I have rainbow Legos in a jar, and you it do. reminds me of this. You did such a good job. I'm very proud of you. I, I bought a new pack of Legos. The Mart of Walls is selling 1,500 pieces of Legos for like $34, so I mm. bought it. And I cracked it open, and inside, they have baggies with each color. And I was like, oh. And then a listener, Zulu, was like, what if you rainbowed them? And I said, I will. Yeah. I had to add some of my own collection because the pieces didn't fill the giant jar, but... Sure. You know, got close. No, that looks awesome. Yeah, I like it. I'll get bored of it eventually and something new will go in there. But for right now, rainbow Lego jar. Mm-hmm. Why not? I also like that the spout doesn't work. Well, of course the spout doesn't work. It's fucking trash. <laughs> I, I bought, so team, I bought a skull water jug like two Halloweens ago because mm -hmm. I thought it was cool. And I got it from either Hobby Lobby or Joann's or one of them crafty places. Yep. And I put water in it once and it just leaked everywhere. Like, did not even pretend. Oh, no. Um, it's non-functional. So, like, at that point, why even put the spout? Because my mom was like, oh, it's decorative. You're not really supposed to put water in it. Okay, well, then the jar would have been cool without a spout. Yeah, right. What's the point of the spout? If I can't actually use it for the purpose that it is, I could use it as a jar. So just, like, let it be a jar. Upsetting. 
Can you replace the spell with a new spell? I mean, I think I could probably do some surgery. It just is not watertight mm. or along the seal. So I think I could probably do some surgery, but it would not look right. Yeah, and at that point, just buy a different water spigot. Also, like, really, though, have any of those ever worked right? Yes. Like, those, <laughs> those things do not work. No. The, like, water jug with the spigot on the end, like, they always leak. They always drip constantly. They're, they're kind of trash. So, I mean, I'm not. I'd like it to not be just, like, putting it in a bucket that's empty like the hole in it like that's how it is it just yeah. comes out immediately but it could it could leak slower and i'd be happy i'm certainly not going to put any kind of liquor in it because i don't want to waste that yeah that's the problem i would say don't so as they jump from memory to memory in kinsey's brain we see a couple of really cool things my personal favorite is when they go and visit kinsey's memory of her father's death Aww. they have built a looks like it's double or possibly even triple sized set mm -hmm. which is super super neat and maybe subtle enough that you might not even really notice it if you're not paying attention but the table is huge that she's hiding under and when we flashed back to it previously it's a regular sized table yeah. but it needed to be big for two reasons one Kinsey and Tyler are standing in the scene so that needed to happen and two it makes memory Kinsey look very very small yeah. which story checks out and we've also established in this that you're memories are not faithful recreations of what actually happened. So when she sees the memory of her brother getting to the fight with the boy, the fight is much more brutal in her memory than it is in real life. And now this hyper real version of the father death in Kinsey's memory is right along in line with that, yep. which is super cool. I think it, it's cool because it gets, it shows the person's perspective, which is really what all memories are. It's from you as the person seeing it and remembering how it happened from your brain. Absolutely. It reminds me vaguely of your watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Definitely not. <laughs> it's Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet, the heart of the ocean, me like one of your French girls, girl. I know who Kate Winslet that yeah. is. <laughs> um, the, the plot is that Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet have dated and he has broken up with her or they've broken up mm -hmm. and he gets a letter in the mail or somehow that says Kate Winslet has used this new technology to erase you from her mind. So please do not interact with her because she doesn't know who you are anymore. And so Jim Carrey is like, what? <laughs> and so he signs up too to erase Kate Winslet from his mind. And Mark Ruffalo is the guy who's erasing the memories. Oh my God, that's amazing. And so the whole movie is in Jim Carrey's brain. And you're sort of seeing their relationship in reverse because it's like them fighting and then they slowly are like their first meet cute and like them liking each Aww. other and all this stuff. And Jim Carrey over the course of the, the adventure decides that he doesn't want to forget her. And so he's trying to protect brain Kate Winslet <laughs> from being erased. It's pretty interesting. That sounds like a really good movie. Yeah, it's super fun. Oh, Tyler has now deep liked something off of Boring Girl's Instagram. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad move. Kids, I feel like you'll get the notification either way. Yeah, what you should do, if you're ever in this position, oh, yeah. if you accidentally deep like quickly, unlike the old post and scroll up as fast as you can and like something new, so it looks like it just came up in your feed and you liked it and it's fine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Very smart. Mm -hmm. Although realistically it might come up that they liked two things, but. <laughs> or just delete them. Just block. Well, then they still get the notification somebody liked it, but then um, when they go to click it, there's nothing there. So that's not ideal. All right, fine. Whatever. We're also getting the dark version of the story as told by Rendell to Tyler. I like that they don't go into Tyler's brain. We just see Tyler's memory of it. And Tyler doesn't 
is the same age as he is now, so we don't get to see young Tyler in this context. I really wish we got to see what's in Tyler's brain. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't go into his brain. He, it's the one that we don't visit. He refuses. Like, I almost, like, I, I just picture, like, a hockey rink or, like, a hockey stadium and, like, different, I don't know, maybe, like, different concession stands, like, you would go to buy With food. stuff. Would be different things. That's true. So wait, so yours would be things floating in the water, like buried in the sand all around. Is that what you're... Yeah. Yeah. Like some combination of like sandcastles or like beach toys or like if you go like scuba diving, like maybe there are like fun fish or like treasure chests hidden or mermaids floating about with secrets. I don't know. I'd like to think that in mine, it's like safety deposit boxes. You just pull them out. Oh! Rows and rows and rows of just do, 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 do. the things. And I don't know. We're out with Boogie Nights Lady and her new friend. Ellie. Ellie. Mm-hmm. And they are at a definitely bar. Yeah. Masquerading as a restaurant. It's supposed to be this like cool new Italian restaurant. Lies. This is yeah. like a college bar. This is a cool new Italian bar. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> what this place is. Yeah. And... Uh, Boogie Nights mom, she announces that she is actually sober six years in April. Yes, and she is drinking water or perhaps seltzer water, who knows? Yeah, and they cheers to new friends with water. I mean, Ellie's drinking red wine, which smart choice, but kudos to you, Ellie. Yeah. Yeah, so they are having a great little time and they're talking about the children and Ellie gets all offended or concerned when she hears that Bodhi is having imaginary adventures with the monster lady in the well house. Yes. And she's like, I think I might know about this monster lady, but I'm not saying anything about it. I'll just be nice and ominous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here we are back at Lock House and, or sorry, Key House, and Bodhi uh, went to get a cookie and hear some more whispering. So I'm assuming we're going to find a new key. It's true. And this key is once again hidden as if Bodhi is the one who did the hiding. It's yeah. In the picture above the mantle. You know, the thing that everybody is going to look at when they walk in the house and see a big picture over somebody's mantle. Yeah. My thing that I'm annoyed with, with this key, is, okay, it's a key and on the end of it is a skull. And in a moment, Bodhi's going to discover that there's a door in this very room that has the same skull figure on the actual handle. So, like, if you're going to hide a key that perhaps can only be used in this one door, why are you hiding it in the same Right. Well, and also realistically, again, I don't, at this point, we don't have all the information. Sure. Who are they hiding the keys from? It would appear that they're hiding them from Echo. Yeah. So, like, why are they all at the house? Right. (laughs) Seems like a terrible place to hide. This is the first place she's going to look for these keys. This just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, like, let's make this as easy for anyone to find. And I mean, like, the idea of taking the keys and going elsewhere with them did occur to them because Mark went and moved away to who knows where. Right. So, like, you know, it is. And, I mean, the Anywhere key was on What's-Her-Name's bracelet, Kinsey's bracelet. Yeah. So that does exist. But I also feel like the concept of separating the keys, like, good of you to give one to Mark. But also, was this well known? Because I feel like Echo knew, knew exactly who to look up. She immediately looked up Mark. It's true. Yeah, it wasn't like a, let me, like... Think about who this might be. Like, no, I know it's exactly this person. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't appear that she's seeking out Ellie at all Mm-mm. to get keys, because it doesn't seem... Although, we do see that Ellie has a key in this episode. She does. So, like... Also, how many fucking keys are there? There's so many. <laughs> also, so Bodhi, listener, just used this key with a skull, now is a ghost, flying around. Cheers to a new key, by the way. 
And also, he's technically dead, so I'm going to drink twice. Mm. <laughs> but, so in a minute, he's going to meet his great-great-great-grandfather, who, again, was the original lock to be in Key House, which, cool. Wouldn't you think to, like, ask about the keys, or, like, more specifically, how many there yeah. are? <laughs> uh, how do they work? Yeah. Who is this person in the well house? What is going on? Like, this random old guy ghost does not get tapped Enough. Like, I have so many questions. Yes. Also, like you mentioned, uh, Rendell visited you and Duncan, his brother, who literally has no memories of being in this house. So, like, tell me more about that. <laughs> tell me more about that. Do you want, Do you know why he remembers nothing? Yeah. Like, what's that about? And when they, when he gets back and he's, like, showing the keys to, showing this key to his brother, his brother isn't at all concerned with the fact that he talked to a dead person. Right. <laughs> or, like, was dead himself for a period of time. Also, like, they are, he's flying around and he discovers that they, there's a graveyard near his house. And he goes, like, we have our own cemetery. First of all, how can you be certain that's your property? Right. Second of all, like, how do you not know there's a cemetery on your property? Yeah, how big is this property? It's gotta be pretty fucking huge. Yeah, right. And wherever they are, because he, like, flew away to get here. But then he hears his mom's car door and right. knows to leave. Like, what? Yeah, some stuff doesn't really make sense. If you're close enough that you can hear a car door, you should have known this graveyard existed before now. Yeah. Just saying. For sure. And you know where would have been a great place to hide a key? Here. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who has recently seen some scary movies, I shouldn't say all. This... Well, obviously not, because yeah. there's billions. <laughs> <laughs> and also my like scope of uh, horror movies is, is still very small. Yes. But I have seen the most recent Pet Cemetery, and this graveyard reminds me of that. Oh yeah, that movie's good. I like how you were not a horror movie person, and now you've got a boy who's like, we're watching horror movies, deal yeah. with it. Yeah, and now your appreciation for horror movies is going up. Yeah, well, so again, I... So my concern with horror movies always is I hate when things pop out at me. And it doesn't even have to be a horror movie. It can be, like, literally a rom-com. But it's something that, like, jumps out unexpectedly. Or, like, there's, like, that slow build of the music to something jumping out. I'm going to immediately be in tears and, like, <laughs> not want to continue. I don't want this. Yes. <laughs> so, like, my conception about horror movies was that that always happens. And therefore, I was like, I'm not, a, not about to watch this. Not in the good ones. I hate jump out in horror movies. I don't burst into tears like a sociopath yeah. <laughs> however no I, th I think things that jump out in harm it's a cheap it's a cheap scare mm -hmm. and it's not modern hor horror and i shouldn't say all modern horror but most modern horror has become pop out scare like and then yeah. go away it's sort of like an experience of riding a dark ride where stuff pops out at you and it's like the whole point is oh my god scary thing jumping out and uh loud noise ah and i hate that it's useless to me yeah the new it movie was first of all probably two hours too long and also <laughs> was so much popping out and loud music and like screams it was just ridiculous i like a slow burn some tension some anxiety what's going on and you can have a pop out like it's okay to have a pop out or a couple of pop outs in your movie but jump scares that's not going to make your movie memorable past when you've seen it because yeah. once you've done a jump scare the scare is over you know it's coming you know that it's happened there's nothing scary about a jump scare like on a second viewing yeah. like you go like oh yeah that's when the jump scare happens so that's not scary. <laughs> but like when something builds tension or is weird or like is unsettling, that's much cooler. Random detour. No, that's fine. Yeah, but in short, they're not all that bad. Some of them have really good stories. Yeah. And I like ones that air on the side of comedy. Like it's like a horror com or horror rom into it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, like, I tried to get you to watch the Todd and the Book of Pure Evil, which is all horror comedy. That mm-hmm. shit is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And there's really good, there's really good horror comedies out there. Mm-hmm. The Gremlins movies, another good choice. I feel like I've seen them when I was young, but I didn't like them then. But I th- I would probably like them more now. I personally, the first one is more straight horror I mean, it's still about little green monsters that attack people, so, like, how real horror could it be? Yeah. But the sequel, where they're in a shopping mall, or, um, a uh, skyscraper, is, like, just comedy. Like, there's <laughs> nothing, sca- like, it's not even trying anymore, <laughs> uh, which I appreciate. I like when a horror movie gets to the point where they're just, like, at this point, we're just, a uh, a comedy where dead people happen. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Into that, too. Oh, so here is Kinsey, and she... It's working on submitting her application for a summer, like, institute art program. And she's trying to pick her out, or pick out a bike. And in a moment, her mom's going to be like, why don't you get out of the house for a couple minutes? And this is the part, friends, that literally breaks my heart in two. Because they're going to flash forward to Scott with one T, standing outside the concert, literally waiting for Kinsey to show up. And you see Kinsey's there. And instead of just, like, walking the extra 50 feet to hang out with Scott with one T... She's going to play with this fucking key. Yeah, she's going to leave and she's going to instead go try and murder her own fear, which makes no sense. But Angered. What are you going to do? It's true. Let's take a look at our listener mail while this incredibly upsetting scene happens yes, to distract please. you. Thank you. So we have a message from India, Zulu, and Omega as Yay. per usual. Zulu and India are writing... Related to Grave, the final episode of Buffy Season 6. Mm-hmm. Zulu writes, Goodest of morning, Casters of Pods. I don't have a lot to say about this episode. Fuck yeah, Giles. Omega and I are in full agreement here. He is definitely the best part of the episode, and in my mind, the whole series. Yeah. I appreciate being called out as the only real Buffy virgin with whom the cast interacts. That's true. Mm-hmm. I love Josh's show fix of reducing the trio's role in the season. God, they're a shitty big bad. It's true. You know what else would improve season six? More Clem, he says. He's really pro-Clem. I mean, Clem is great. Yeah. He he shares that he is very excited for Lock and Key, and he congratulates us on finishing season six of Buffy. Yay! Then we have a message from India. India writes, Guess I'm glad that season six is over. <laughs> Love Giles being back and whatever that Xander and whatever that Xander saves the day. Agree that all this Dark Willow stuff went on way too long. Unless she was the big bad for season six, which would have been preferable over those stupid trio. Strong feels. Mm-hmm. Agree with your ranking in the finales, mostly because I've already forgotten most of them. I miss Gloria's big bad because she was, in theory, much harder to stop since she was a god. Adam was ugly and dumb. Love the mayor because he was funny. Yeah. And she's looking forward to lock and key. Well, Yay. it's starting. We're here. We're in it now. It's true. Three in. Three in. And then we have a message from Omega as well, related to this area episode of Lock and Key. Woo! Dear Josh Prime and Just Leah, do kids even get glow in the dark stars in their room anymore? I have them in my room and I'm an adult human. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, like, hung out with small humans in some time. What? <laughs> I know. What? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. They do still sell them at toy stores. They do, yeah. So perhaps? Yeah. I think that the glow stars in the ceiling is probably more relatable to this age bracket than the fact that Kinsey's brain is a mall. Because I don't think teens go to malls anymore. See, that was such a big part of my teenage years, yeah, though. Yeah, I think that the mall is over. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, none of the stores can even be open anymore. I mean... The businesses are all dying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. It was so fun to go there. Yeah, I think that those are... I think they're on the way out. Maybe they're still happening now, but within the next ten years, kids are going to have to find a new place to 
loiter. Oh, all right. All right. Maybe I would say movie theaters, but those might be on the way out too. <laughs> That's it too. Really, there's nothing for uh, anybody to gather no. and hang out anymore. No. Nope. That's fine. Were your stars in an actual constellation like this, Tiny Humans, or did you just slap that shit everywhere randomly? Oh, definitely slapped. Slapped it randomly, and they would fall from the ceiling yeah, periodically. Yeah, oh, for sure. And you'd just slap them in a new place yeah. and hope it was fine. <laughs> like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I occasionally will find them on the floor. I want to pause for a moment because we're looking at Rendell Locke's yearbook photo, and it doesn't appear that there's any alphabetizing going on. No. Rendell Locke appears before Mark Cho. <laughs> like... Ellie W something is like right next to Locke. It's weird. Yeah. Also, there must be like five people in this class because their pictures are fucking huge. Yeah, and she flipped like three pages and then she suddenly is in a new section. Yeah. (laughs) So, who knows? But whatever. Also, like, that's not how a person who didn't go to that school reads a yearbook. No. When you're looking through a yearbook that's not yours, you look for the person who you know went to that school and then you move on. There's nothing else in there for you. I might peruse to see like what, like, who are the good-looking people in their class, or, yeah. like, let's see if, like, the person I know, like, won any awards, or, like... Yeah, you go to the superlatives. Yeah, exactly. And you, <laughs> like, you might flip through all of the candidates that are yeah, in the sides, yeah, yeah. but that's it. You're yep. not, like, delicately caressing Ellie's face as you turn the pages. No. Like, no. No. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, yeah, I was a throw-on-the-ceiling-randomly person. That's Fame. me. Spitefully, Omega. <laughs> we love you. Still, still mad about Lock and Key. <laughs> Postscript, no way would I let someone else walk through the inside of my head with me. That does seem like a solitary experience. I don't know that I'd want my brother in there. Especially since she's not cool with her brother at the time. Yeah. I would probably take someone, but that's probably out of my own fear of me getting stuck in my own head for years upon years and never being able to get out. Sure, sure. Well, I would definitely want to go look at your weird ocean adventure of a brain. (laughs) Sounds like a good time. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, listen, I'm so glad that all three of you have written in. If you would like to write in, JNL watches on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gmail, literally all the things. It's true. It's been a good time. Anyways, I think that we should continue this Lock and Key adventure. What episode would you like to see? Ooh, um, I propose we watch Lock and Key Season 1, Episode 4, The Keepers of the Keys. Sporting a new hairdo and attitude, Kinsey takes a chance with Scott with one T by sharing what's going on inside her head. Tyler tries to impress his crush. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. All the love interest. Who gives a fuck? But I'm excited (laughs) to watch The Keeper of the Keys with you and all of you next week, team. But for now, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Later. Bye. We have to introduce our moment with Nicholas Brendan. (gasps) Yay, Nicholas Brendan! So, last week, I just took us talking about it, cut it in the middle, and played Nicholas Brendan in the middle. Amazing. (laughs) But from now on, we will have an introduction. And so here comes a little bit more of our quote-unquote chat with Nicholas Brendan. Yes. Thank you, Trent. This is an awesome gift. Absolutely. So, um, hey, how are you? Uh, That's so cool that you guys... What's what's the podcast called? Is it called Just Leah and Josh Prime? (laughs) Is that what it's called? Because it's in quotes. So I, I'm assuming, I don't even know, man. What am I talking about? Who is this? Why have you called me? Um, I'm going to lie a cigarette. But, so, I'm gonna, my favorite episode is, is Once More With Feeling. It's my favorite to shoot. It's my favorite to watch. I've seen it over 100 times because I use it at my events. I do events for, um, uh, for people who have uh, social anxieties and stuff. So I go to their towns so it's not a big Comic-Con. And we have a great time. Uh, when we start doing them again, uh, we'd love to see you guys. But so, um, 
So yeah, that's my favorite one, and and I've seen it over a hundred times, and I'm not fucking with you when I say it gets better every time I watch it. That's just that's crazy. That's crazy. It's time for the worst witch minute. Yay! We have started season two. We have. We're in it now. We have a new mod. We do, and I. Not that this mod is bad. I just. Miss the old one. I definitely can't even really tell. If really? they hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have noticed. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. I feel bad because I don't... I, even knowing that they're different people, I can't tell the difference. It's okay. <laughs> I still feel like this new actress does a great job. Um, I think I just, you know, was used to one mod and now I'm just have to get used to a new one. Yeah. I really... I, I'm, I'm scrolling back right now and I'm looking at... There's a picture of Maud in yeah. season one, episode seven. And I honestly am looking at this picture in season episode one and I can't tell the difference <laughs> like they look the same to me and I realize that's because children all look the same sorry yeah, children yeah. and because they gave them pigtails and glasses so yeah. like whatever but yeah I definitely wouldn't notice but they make a big deal of like I did a spell it went awry I have a wrong face now oh, da, da, da. I, would, I didn't notice yeah. which I do I do appreciate that they did that though they acknowledged it yeah they acknowledged that it happened anyway season two begins with a new mod and Millie has spent all summer working on a fantastic spell for spell and tell in which she has given a tortoise the ability to talk yes Ethel being the bitch that she is steals her spell and attempts to murder her tortoise again with the murder yeah she's just like (laughs) taking stuff a little too far sometimes she's nuts long story short uh, the tortoise rats Ethel out Mildred gets credit for actually doing this really cool thing by Miss Hardburn, which never happens. Never she happens. She gets some smelly, weird giblet things. Yeah, they get a, a spell ingredient as a reward for being the best spell and tell. And yeah, it's something we don't interact with again, so whatever. Oh, there we go. But it's cool. The other thing is we met new students. <gasps> we so there did. are three new young girls who are main characters. Uh, Clarice, B, and Ethel's sister, whose name is eluding me right now. But Civil, yes. Okay. Clarice is very blunt and direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're trying to lean into some sort of autism spectrum mm-hmm. thing going on with her, but she's fun. I like her. B is allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. That the whole thing that's happening. And Sybil is the scared younger sister of Ethel. And it turns out that Ethel's sister, Esmeralda, didn't get magic back. She's just powerless now. Yeah. After the drama of her losing her magic at the end of last season. Which is so sad. Chaos, chaos. Okay, then we have the second episode of season two in which Miss Cackle uses a friendship trap to bind Ethel and uh, Millie together. Mm-hmm. All in the context of they have discovered the founding stone of Cackle's Academy. Ooh. Buried in the rubble of the like school they're putting back together. And due to some weird allergic reactions from B, who's teleporting all around the school, Sybil winds up with the founding stone in her room. Drama. Drama indeed. She's not supposed to have it or touch it. Yeah. That matter. And she has it in her room. <laughs> yeah. So they start a fire in her bedroom as a way to distract the school to let them put it back in place. Unsurprisingly, the fire gets out of control and sets sure. the school on fire. And they, as of right now, we still don't know what's going on with the Founding Stone. All of the new girls know about it, Millie knows about it, and Ethel knows about it. So if Ethel knows about it, it's only a matter of time. It's true. They're all screwed. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting suspended for life. Yeah, it's going to be chaos. But whatever, it's fine. I'm very excited because we have two more episodes. This has been the end of The Worst Witch Minute, and we will see you later for more Worst Witch. Yay! Yay!